This is Fine Art Insights with Michael Rose. Welcome back to Fine Art Insights. My name is Michael Rose, and I'm a gallerist and appraiser based in New England. And for those of you who have been following this podcast for some time, you probably realize that I've been a little bit dormant. I've been focusing on some other projects, but I'm excited today to take this podcast in a new direction. And in my forthcoming episodes, I will be focusing on having conversations and doing interviews with interesting individuals who are working in the arts. And I think that should be really fun and and probably more interesting than just listening to me talk about different subjects. Um, So in my first interview, I'm really excited to welcome Sherry Weschler. Uh, Sherry is a visual artist and also a gallerist based in Rhode Island as well. Uh, She is the director of Coastal Contemporary Gallery, which is located in Newport. If you're in Newport or if you're visiting Newport, you can find Coastal Contemporary Gallery at 491 Thames Street in the heart of Newport. Um, You can visit Coastal Contemporary Gallery's website at coastalcontemporarygallery.com and you can find them on Instagram at Coastal Contemporary Gallery. You can learn more about Sherry's work at her website, artinmind.org. What follows is a conversation that I think is really interesting and wide-ranging with Sherry about both her role as a visual artist and also the very interesting work that she's doing and her perspectives as a gallerist. So I hope you enjoy the conversation and look forward to more. Thank you for being with me, Sherry. I appreciate you being here. I'm very excited. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. Um, So I'm going to dive right into it. And we're going to talk a little bit about your career, both as an artist and as a gallery person. And I think it'll be an interesting um, conversation. Awesome. Um, So my first question for you is, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you yourself get into the visual arts? Sure. Okay. So I grew up in New York, um, very round, well-rounded um, upbringing, lots of arts, culture, sailing, travel. Um, started as a dancer. My godmother was a ballerina. Um, along the way, I developed uh, some difficulties with my knees, was dancing a little too hard for my um, young skeletal system that was developing. So I took some time off from dancing for a year. And in that time, I started to take some private art lessons and got more into the visual arts. I did go back to the dance. um, And I got to work with some really cool artists that had big studios and worked on life, drawing and painting. Um, And in the process of that and going back to to dance continued through high school with the advanced placement arts I was interested in fashion um, possibly architecture interior design um, I went for a, a week-long tour of FIT in New York City um, I was accepted into two different art schools and ultimately ended up at MICA Maryland Institute College of Art in Baltimore and how did you like it there Loved it. Um, as soon as I saw the main building, I was, I was totally on board with that school. <laughs> is that sort and, of a, are they like a traditional program or like, what would you classify that program like? Is it focused on, do they do a lot of the basics like life drawing and sort of classical stuff or are they more avant-garde? 
Oh, it's really a, it's the whole, it's the whole gamut. That's great. I mean, it's, it's really of the top three art schools in the nation. Um, and I've found that, that there are a lot of people in Rhode Island that you say, Micah, everybody knows RISD, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but not so much Micah, but it is um, <clears throat> an incredible school. So traditional to avant-garde, absolutely. Um, and really when I left the school, it was just starting to get into more of the computer technologies and um, fashion was starting to come in. So um, I miss a little of that. Um, what was your focus there? Were you a painting major? Yeah. So when I went in, I went in with the intention of going in interior design, um, interior design, but everybody was dressed very well and tidy. And I just wanted to wear moccasins and pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> so I quickly switched my major to painting because the people in that group seemed to uh, align with where I felt like I wanted to be headed um, with my own creative process. So I focused on a lot of art history, so art history minor, um, painting, traditional um, black and white photography, a lot of dark room and printmaking, a lot of um, life drawing and painting, did a little bit of performance. Um, yeah, so it was uh, really well-rounded. Yeah, that sounds incredibly well-rounded. And I yeah. think, I mean, in your gallery practice, you represent so many different types of people. So it seems like that diversity of interests comes through in your gallery work as well. Do you feel that way? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I appreciate the whole, the whole scope. Yeah, that, that was one of the reasons that I asked you to be my, you know, my first guest on this was because in everything you do, I see this wide range of different, you know, everything from things that are quite representational all the way to things that are much more conceptual and such a nice range of work that you're working with. And then the type of work that you make yourself is so diverse from everything that I've seen from you. So oh, yeah. can you, you speak a little bit about your practice personally as an artist and what type of work you have made over your career and what you're making now? Uh, so currently, um, as you probably saw in 2020, I did go back to my studio a little bit and created a body of work, um, paintings um that were a bit different than the um the tighter paintings that I'd been doing for quite a long time um they became like a centering in in the chaos of the pandemic um so I kind of jumped out of my studio practice in 2018 when I opened Coastal Contemporary um but I have my bunny series I have a series called Circus Freaks that are the um the morphing of or the hybrid of the human and the animal. I have a really large body of work called the communications, which um, talks about how we've been communicating throughout history presently and into the future. Um, and then this body of work that I made last year, Bunny 2020, was a very loose, um, different style than I'd normally been working on. But it it gave me a moment to go into my um, space, center myself, get it out and walk away from it and not second guess it. So I allowed myself to do that. Whereas with the other bodies of work, very detailed, a lot of going back in, a lot of staring at it, wondering if I should change things. Um, 
Did you go into this newest body of work with, did you go in with, to it with like a plan to make it that sort of free form or did it, did it just come out that way as you were doing it? Um, it just sort of evolved. I did one piece in 2019 that was in that style that marked an end of a really long marriage. And I just, I kind of expelled this situation from myself and I drew upon that experience of just gathering all these colors and emotion and narrative that I just kind of threw all over the canvas and in an hour and a half had painted this piece stepped away from it and I just said that's it it, it came out so each time I'd go into the studio in 2020 that was where I was coming from it was just a, a pulling of what emotion am I feeling right now? And grab what colors am I going to grab? And what is going to come out? I'm not really sure what's going to come out, but that's okay. That's um, great. Where my other work is very planned and, and very definitive in where I want it to land. That's great. That sounds like a lot of what, what a lot of us need in 2020, I think, is that kind of release, creative release sounds good. Yeah, it definitely helped. Um, as I have two kids at home and I had a third one last year staying with us so it definitely helped is your studio at home it is so it's um it's above a two-car garage oh that's great yeah that's so convenient that's excellent it is convenient um so i'm gonna move into asking a little bit about your practice as a gallerist because these two things really i like i said i think come together for you specifically not everyone who works in a gallery or owns a gallery is also an artist, but some people are. And I think in your mm -hmm. situation, that adds a, a level of interest to what you're doing. So you first um, operated Coastal Living Gallery. Um, can you talk a little bit about that experience and how that informed the creation of Coastal Contemporary Gallery in Newport? Sure. So uh, Coastal Living Gallery was the office space. It was located on the harbor of Wickford, right behind Beatrice Cafe. And so it was Coastal Properties Group's office that was run as a gallery. So I ran 12 exhibitions a year, sometimes more. And it, it was more on the traditional uh, side of, of art and um, Rhode Island artists, sometimes outside of Rhode Island, but primarily within Rhode Island. And to walk in, you know, it was the brokerage's office, but to walk in, you would see it as a gallery. So that's how it was. That's how it was run. Excellent. Um, so I was a partner within the brokerage. I was an administrator and later became an agent. Um, but. Uh, and do you still find time to do that work as well? Are you still doing that? I have stepped away from it. So I decided really that I wanted to put a full investment into the arts and began looking for a larger space in Wickford. As the Beach Rose was sold, the dynamics on that deck began to change and Coastal Properties opened another location and I wanted to open my own contemporary gallery and expand the conversation. And Wickford, as much as I love it, I felt like there was gonna be more opportunity in Newport. That's really interesting. It's interesting because in Rhode Island, there's these, you know, everyone thinks of Rhode Island as such a small state, but there's actually these sort of different enclaves where people, you know, you have Providence people, Newport people, you know, Wickford is its own thing. You know, you have all these different sort of areas. Um, Definitely. Yeah. They're little pockets. 
And what was the motivation behind going to Newport? Well, I looked around. We looked around for some spaces in Wickford and um, didn't find the space. I wanted higher ceiling, Mm -hmm. more contemporary vibe. And I started to look at the dynamics in, in Wickford as opposed to what I could reach in Newport, looking yeah. at the, the international tourism that happens there. And it's, it's such a great hub, um, kind of a go between the south and the north. And Wickford is, you know, it's kind of, it's tucked in and it, it yeah. gets an international audience, but it's just not. I mean, I brought a contemporary dialogue to Wickford, but I didn't feel like I was going to be able to really push it and get the audience that I wanted to reach. And so in New- in Newport, you feel that you have found that audience that you were looking for when you went there? Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. And, and so at Coastal Contemporary in Newport, when you when you moved in to that space, did you renovate that space to... I remember seeing photos of the sort of process of you getting into that space. Yeah. Did you, you fully renovated that space and sort of created the gallery that you had envisioned all along, right? Completely. Yeah. It was, um, it was a lovely, um, it was called Cabbage Rose. It was, a, it was a boutique. It had been there for 22 years, I believe. Um, and, you know, people still sometimes come in and say, Oh, this used to be, but <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, I think, being held together the whole entire floor wall by paint so (laughs) we worked with um great great property management team and yes we renovated the whole entire space and um and and built it the way we wanted it and it had aluminum the tin ceilings but it had you know layers and layers of paint so you know i said don't want to do the sheetrock or the i just love the tin ceiling so we we put new tin ceiling on it's a good a good uh, reflective situation going on with the aluminum ceiling, which I like. Yeah. It's a bright space. And you have a ton of natural light. Yeah, a lot yeah, of natural light. Bright. Yeah, because we're on the corner, so we have lots of big windows. Um, yeah. And do you have um, do you have like additional space? But do you have to have a separate storage space or something for your inventory, or is it all right there in one spot? No, I unfortunately um, code. We were going to have a nice. Um, amount of storage space in the back but had to go to code on the bathroom so we do have off-site storage um yeah yeah. so you know in newport it's it's the buildings are old it's tight um so we i have some storage there but the substantial portion of it is off-site that's great um and how many artists do you represent right now at coastal contemporary currently it's about 30 um, my guest artists are, that's always expanding. Um, did you start out with, did you, did you go into Coastal with like a roster in mind of how many artists you were going to have? Uh, when I started planning and we, you know, I knew I was renovating and, and signed a lease, started to, uh, one of the people I met was uh, Lee Madeiras, who was really instrumental in helping me kind of look at some artists I might not have been aware of as I was really in Coastal Living Gallery focused in more of the Rhode Island. Um, and then from there, it just kept, it kept going. But I started with about 10 um, mm-hmm. and, and just kept building. So I'm at 30, which I feel like is a really good number. 
and then um, the guest artists will continue to grow. And what sort of, um, what kind of breakdown is it now for you in terms of artists who tend to be more local to Rhode Island or New England and artists who are from outside of the area? Uh, I do like the drivability of artists. I do have some um, uh, in like the mid part of the United States, one that's in Florida. Uh, But I like the sort of the Massachusetts, Maine, Massachusetts to, to New York. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that ability to reach the artist quickly-ish if I need to, or the art. <laughs> um, I like that they can potentially be present for exhibitions, which was more possible before the pandemic, a little less now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so that's kind of, I, I do, I mean, the submissions are from all over the world. Um, that's as a, you know, As you know, international shipping is not easy and it's cost prohibitive so if i could yeah <laughs> i would pull from all over the world have you ever considered doing um like juried exhibition opportunities in your space yes yeah, so that is one thing that i am looking at for this year um i would love to do uh one specific to artsy and i would love to do another that's both physical and on artsy um, Very yeah, cool. and I'd love to have, um, still kind of playing with the idea of one for me during myself and then the second one having a guest juror. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think juried shows are an interesting way to reach different types of people. Absolutely. And the, the call for art, you know, sites are good. The cafe, as you know, that's a really yeah. great site. They're a really good resource for artists and for galleries right. too. I really, I mean, there's so many different ones that you can use. Yeah. Um, and you tend to get, like I was saying earlier, you have such a wide range of styles and you also have um, a wide range of, it seems like a wide range of people in different points of their career. You know, you have some young people that you've shown and then you have people who are much more mature in their career. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that breakdown and, and do you try to mix it up and get sort of an equal amount of people across their career? Um, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not pinpointing, I have to have this many of this and that many of that. I really and this goes to one of your other questions. Um, the first thing I'm looking at is the art. And yeah. I need to connect with that. And I need to feel like what I'm bringing in is going to be something that's going to excite the people that are coming into Newport. So, yeah, I do I do enjoy emerging artists um, and their fresh outlook. I love um, working with artists that are established, solid, understand the process. But I also really enjoy uh, educating artists that are sort of working their way up through. Um, and then the later career, a little less on, on the later career, but um, I don't know, there's this vague line of what's later and what's mid. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 like the, the age is always shifting, I feel like. And then you get that question that's like, um, am I emerging? I know. No, because I didn't start painting till I was like 40. So what does exactly. that mean? Like, where am I? I don't, even, I don't even know if I'm emerging. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah you see even we're, we're two experts and we don't even know what's going yeah. on here. um uh so are you doing 12 exhibitions a year typically in this space that is what i was doing i think a little less this year because of all the pivoting that's had to happen i've had some you know i've put artists in place for exhibitions and because of border crossing or we you know feeling ha- yeah, having people continue to feel safe it there have been 
moments of shifting. And so I've allowed them to go a little bit longer, like six weeks. Um, and it just takes a little bit of pressure off me and it's allowed me to kind of take some more moments of breathing between to figure out what is happening because I, in the past have scheduled the gallery for a year and totally a year in advance, which is typical, Yeah. but, um, I've, I pulled it in tighter yeah to the to the we've moment. had the same experience okay. yeah, so you've absolutely. done the same thing had that right. experience yeah yeah that you're so it's changed the whole way that we've thought about how we're scheduling these things and how we're making exhibitions and True. Stuff. so right now you're looking more like six months ahead rather than looking at a year ahead yeah i mean like it was that. even less than six months now i'm like i'm kind of pushing it out a little bit more i had to get into this year and figure out the flow so i i'm i'm pretty good through i'm pretty solid in my in my intent through yeah november that's yeah. good soon it will be soon we'll be back yeah. to normal um <laughs> that's Hope what we so. keep saying that's what we've been saying since like june or something um when you're putting together one of your group exhibitions do you come to it first with a theme or do you come to it with like maybe you have a few artists or specific artwork is even in mind that you're coming to it with Wh which way does it start for you typically um it can really go either way because sometimes I'll meet somebody they'll come in like this show right now um, that's coming up for April, not the one currently, um, but the one that's coming up for April's con content context. Um, there was an artist that came in and I met hmm, three, four months ago, Tarek Raymond, and I saw his work and I thought about one of the artists we represent. And there was another artist that had sent a submission that I knew from years ago from another gallery in Narragansett. And I just started, this whole conversation started swirling in my head. And then I, you know, just things, the magic of letting things happen without forcing is a wonderful place to be, which is a little bit more now than it was before. So this, I was solidifying this exhibition and then all of a sudden the submission came in from this emerging artist in Boston. And I was like, oh, that's totally going to go in, you know, and, <laughs> and there's that level of flexibility a little bit more now since I've not pushed and solidified the, the whole kit and caboodle out an entire year. So I can be a little bit more present in the moment uh, or a little bit more, um, what's the word, spontaneous in the moment with, with how I'm planning. Um, yeah that's great that's, that makes sense in a way, that's sort of exciting yeah absolutely <laughs> um when you're looking at when you're looking at individual submissions from artists you you talked a little bit about um wanting it to you know first of all being inspired by it yourself and then wanting to make sure that it would connect with uh the type of audience that you have in newport um you know artists are always saying to me like what is a gallery mm. looking for what do you think a gallery is looking for and there's no formula to that, obviously. But when you, what do you find that you respond to the most in an application from an artist? It comes in so many different formats. I mean, I really like to have it pretty specific on the website, but it does come in sometimes through Instagram, Facebook, email. So I really like it when, if somebody's approaching me, that they are doing it the way I've asked. Uh, online it's, yeah. it's very easy I just really want a website or a link to social media to receive 
10 really large files that clutter up my email is, it makes me wonder, is this a person that I feel like is going to be able to understand our process going forward? Yeah. <laughs> is that's that okay? Because that's how I, that's how I, yes, that's exactly how, like if someone can't follow the direction, it's so like the simple, most simple yeah. direction for the very beginning of a relationship, how right. are they going to, when it comes time for their show, will they be able to have an inventory for me? That's yeah. correct. You know, like things like um, that. I, yeah. I mean, I had a, and I'm not, I'm not, this is not gossip, but I had somebody come off the street and I was in the <laughs> middle of something and he had three paintings in his hand. And I said, if you could please take my card and send me a website that would be helpful. But um, anyway, so you, you do, you do get it in, in many variations. The next thing I'm always looking at in the first thing is the work. I want to know yeah. what is the artist's investment in their process, how passionate they are. I want to know if I'm looking at this work that there's enough of it that I can show um, that it's not a one hit wonder <laughs> we're just gonna wander off into yeah. a totally different direction um which obviously i i totally respect artists who are working in many different things all at once but if it's you've hit one note and then you're not gonna come back to that at all kind of you're not really sure what to expect um i love yeah i love quality um even in the raw rawest of state there's a level of quality that i feel and i'm sure you do like you notice or you, you either it's there or it's not yeah it is a difficult thing it to is. describe because you can sort of yeah you're looking at something and you know and then you i think it's hard for people outside of galleries to sort of understand that too because you'll look at something and it's sort of like a, there's like a psychic sort of connection or something. Like, no, 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 that's not something, something is missing here. There's not, you know, and sometimes it's hard to quantify that into an exact sort of science, yes. I guess. Very true. Um, and um, the dynamics of the personality is really important. Um, exactly I also really true, like right. to know what is your social media presence? What, because we do as a gallery really enjoy artists who can reciprocate that and who take that. Yeah seriously and if not um you know we do look the other way if you're not doing that and your work is incredible and we're in love with it so yeah um see that i think that it's so interesting that you point that out because very often i'll say to artists who are interested in getting gallery representation from an, a commercial gallery you know you have to bring something to them good point. Too. you know you have to have your ducks in right. a row you know i mean so it's interesting I think, you know, so much of what you're saying is the same things that are always in my head. And that in some ways is good to hear. Um, how does the, we talked a little bit about the Newport mm -hmm. art community. Um, you've shown your work all over Rhode Island. You've shown it in Providence. You've shown it in different places. How would you say that within Rhode Island, how would you say Newport differs from like a place like Providence? Like what's the character of Newport versus other cities? In so Rhode I think Island? a big difference in Newport is when people are coming to Newport and I'm speaking more in the high season we're spring to late summer, early fall. People are traveling to Newport, and I'm speaking also prior pandemic from all over the world. And they're yeah. conglomerating in this little historic town with so much character, 
and so much to do and so much diversity and, and restaurants all in one space. And people are generally in a really good mood <laughs> and they're happy um, to be there, mm -hmm. um, whether it's a second home or they're just, you know, passing through or returning for the summer. I feel like people are cultured when they're visiting um, in, a, in a very global way. I, I call it the mini Manhattan because I, you know, I grew up in New York. New York City was my backyard growing up. And I feel that sense in, in the summer. Yeah. And I, so many times in the summer, I've met people from my hometown. Um, it's that really so funny. It's cool. A small world. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I feel like it's different. It's been very open uh, in all of 2020. I, did a show every month. There was only one month we couldn't do an opening reception, which was April, but we still had the show. Um, and, you know, the audience went down from global to United States, to East Coast, to New England, to Rhode Island. It really yeah. zoned in to that one little circle on the map. Um, but it was, but it but was still very, times, it was, you know, it really is a yeah, and it was place. still, relatively open in in uh, juxtaposition to providence i think um i just from yeah. what i've been hearing because i don't live in providence i live in north kingstown i've been you know hearing that it's been more contained and closed yeah it continues yeah. to be and a there's a little that, sense sure. of party <laughs> when you come to newport <laughs> That's interesting. I think that's an interesting way of putting it. That is interesting because I think Providence. I think of Providence is more of like a, right. a working sort of town, where Newport is definitely yeah, more of a vacation it's like, kind of town. Yeah, it's kind of like let it out. I mean, and... so do you find that most of your collectors who are working with you are? Do you find that most of them are people who are coming in from outside Rhode Island and they're there on vacation or on a second home or on a boat. Is that primarily who your audience tends to be? I really find? get the gamut. Um, of, I get really yeah. outside of, of Rhode Island um, international and right in Rhode Island and in the winter and fall months, the people that live there come out more because they don't necessarily want to deal so much with, the crowds in the summer so they do their <laughs> thing a little bit separate of i mean in particular thames is one of the most crowded spots in newport that gets really congested yeah. um so yeah i definitely i'm i'm reaching all over that's interesting it's interesting to hear about those sort of dynamics even within the year how different the audience can be in the summer versus in the winter which is something that i sort of thought about but i know it's much more acute mm -hmm. in a place like Newport than it is in, in Providence. Um, do you feel that in your situation, um, do you feel that m most of your audience, are they, do you feel like they're finding you by walking in the door because you have this beautiful storefront in the center of the town? Or do you feel like um, they primarily are finding you maybe online first or from word of mouth first or some other way? What, how do you That's find also that really a little you? bit of everything too. Um, Cause we do work really hard on the social media um really working a lot more with Google, our Google presence right now. Um, our website, mm -hmm. Artsy, I've had people come in that say, I just, 
I was on Instagram. I did hashtag Newport and you were the first thing that came up. Um, wow. And sometimes you don't even know how these things happen. I just methodically work on the hashtags, making sure that they're up, um, that I'm following other venues in Newport. Um, word of mouth, definitely. Our artists. Another thing that we love with our artists is that they will also contribute with their collectors and bring attention to the people that have been following them and direct that towards us. It's the, the give and take thing is as you were saying earlier. Yeah. Um, it really is a reciprocal relationship. You know, you really need both sides doing their work to, to make those things successful, but it's interesting to hear. I mean, it's, the hashtag thing is funny, you know, that someone would just look up Newport and see you as, you know, probably because something you posted before was enormously popular. And so now, you know, that sort of builds on it itself, does. I mean, we, sort of we were doing some social media ads. Um, sometimes it's uh, depending on how much you can invest in it. It's you're either like throwing it out into space and it's just plummeting to the ground or you keep yeah. going with it and it builds a mountain. <laughs> um, but definitely foot traffic and, and just, yeah, the tentacles of social media, you just and, and paying attention to the, the, the um, analytics the website is yeah. helpful. Do you also do traditional Yeah, we media do the, some of the print um, in uh, some of the magazines. And the press releases are really important. The statements that I write are really important. Each show, um, I feel like that is, is really a part of the picture, is the exhibition statement and how writers might receive the intention of an exhibition prior to it launching um yeah and absolutely it's so there's so many different uh elements to it it's yeah interesting. and building that relationship with some of the writers has been really really rewarding too and um publishers from both art scope and art new england um mo yeah, those are great magazine um, i mean you know they're yeah, even I mean, even for this little region we're in, you know, to have two, I mean, like ArtScope and Art New England, you know, to have two really major yeah. arts publications just in yeah. England is really, it is an asset because we exp we have a great relationship yeah, with ArtScope. Yeah, they're powerhouses and they've both been well, really lovely to work with. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Great. That's really exciting. Um, so over the last year, obviously things have been, you know, crazy, I think, for everyone in all different kinds of industries, you know, maybe us as gallery people have had it a little, you know, the hospitality industry yeah. obviously has had it, you know, the worst and industries like us though, you know, we also are constantly, you know, having parties and having receptions and doing all these functions, right. you know, to support our shows. So over the last year, um, how has the pandemic affected? Oh, well, like I was gallery? speaking to earlier, the pivoting just with the artists alone has been, um, yeah. in terms of events, we were starting to bring in live music, experimenting with some, collaborations with musicians um, and DJs and um, events mm -hmm. like a, we did an after party for mask which was last March that was like the last <laughs> event in the world <laughs> the last thing the last <laughs> and, um, that was with top of Pelham in um, the, like the hub like the middle middle of the, the Newport um, where everything's super super busy and yeah, so that has changed um, 
uh, gal we're talking about gallery function. I'm sorry, I went off track a little in my head there. So yeah, yeah exhibitions are <laughs> being extended longer, as I had mentioned. So you met, well, you mentioned that you were able to do, you were still able yes. to do openings for exhibitions. How did you, did you change the way that you formatted those in response to everything that's been going on? Did you like do time oh, ticketing? Or, no, or actually I didn't do any time ticketing, but we had a very respectful audience that would see, like kind of keep, like people would wait outside and then the people that would come in, they would be aware of who was outside and they would sort of walk through do you know some talking with the artists or looking at the work or me talking with me and then they would move out and let the others come in and it was you know oh, we had nice. one event where actually it was mine <laughs> in december that was one thing that i changed <laughs> that i was never gonna do was put myself in but i had no idea what was happening mm -hmm. at the end of last year and i didn't want to make people cross borders for new work or you know disappoint anybody because i had no idea if we were going to have to you know be shut entirely um but my opening yeah. event was was pouring and so people were really <laughs> really respectful of that that rotational element so no ticketing no rsvp it was just a i'm going to trust that everything's going to be okay and it was um wow yeah and, that's great um yeah, so obviously we had to cut the live music and, and the, the attendance is, is limited. Um, but um, but it seems like in, in your situation, it seems like it sort of has solved itself in a way. It seems like people are being really respectful absolutely. and well-behaved yeah. for the most part. That's great. Um, have you altered your virtual presence at all? Have you expanded um, any of your online offerings or have you changed any of that in response to what was going on? You were already, you already had a big online presence. To yeah, begin I feel with, like so I uh, the online has been always really important to me. So uh, in that factor and in that conversation, I would say the video, working on the video media, because I'm not a video person necessarily. I do not use an Apple computer. I have an iPhone, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, Mm -hmm. I'm a Windows girl, and Windows and video does not <laughs> always necessarily get together so well. Um, so I've had some learning curves. I, um, our April exhibition, we worked with Karen's partner who put together that great, um, we did that Zoom artist talk. And I have one stuck on my iPad from last May, which is a brilliant uh, artist talk with Suzanne Ballmer and Cynthia um, guiled and I can't for some reason get it off the iPod and onto YouTube or the iPad um yeah I yeah. feel like there's been all these sort of technical sort of things over the past year I know. You know a year ago none of us knew what zoom was you know I and it's, yeah so thing. you know constantly trying to improve that and get in even having the artists just do a little video tour art bear did I think three or four when he was in the show scape and those are on our YouTube. So just trying to be a little bit better with the, the video media is, is a goal for me. Well, maybe a lot better. <laughs> Do you think that that is something uh, that sort of change and, and sort of refocusing on learning more about video? Do you see that as something that you would, continue to focus on as things return to normal or do you no, think I will that not that's something that. you just did for this year yes because I, I was you're going to keep working on at. YouTube that's it. <laughs> last week just you know trying to 
that is a platform that I find um, not so intuitive. Yeah, I feel the same way. I find that I have to upload things yeah. to that and I um, find it confusing. I mean, well. I even vetted the, the platform to accept videos larger than 15 minutes, but I just can't get that thing off the <laughs> iPad. And yeah, so no, I will continue <laughs> with that. That's good. Um, you talked a little bit about Artsy. What's your experience with Artsy been like? How has that been for you as a small commercial gallery? Have you found that that's a really big asset to you? Um, or, I or what do you think? do actually because of the analytics and I can watch who's watching us. Um, it's another level of I can pay attention to who I'm reaching um, and bringing in some sales at, yeah. that might not have occurred otherwise. Um, and I, I think it's a really clean and beautiful presentation. Um, it's, it's on a, a level and a caliber that, you know, comes with, comes with a monetary piece, but I feel like it's worth it. Um, it's something I myself yeah. as an artist, when I was looking at galleries, I was happy if they were part of that program and in addition art money as well as a nice platform um can you talk a little bit about, about um art money because some people i think may right not recognize art that money name as much as is they a very artsy. cool organization where somebody can come in and put a deposit of a minimum of 10 percent on an artwork and if the gallery is you know ready to release the work that day can um, and then they can finance interest-free up to 10 months. And do you as the gallery get, do you get paid up front for it? And then they work with art money on the rest? Or do you, um, is, is the no, payment to you also sort of dispersed over full, time? And then um, art money, um, should anything go awry, sort of a, they they handle that on their end, but you know, there is, there is a commission to work wow. with a sale through that platform. Yeah. But that's a great, especially for more expensive items. I feel like that's a real right. asset because some people aren't ready to right. you know, put, put it all in a part yeah. necessarily. So that's cool. Um, is there anything that you, um, that you used to do or that maybe used to take for granted before everything changed that you don't see returning to when things go back that to I normal? Used to take for granted. Um, talking without a mask. I mean, that's really like to, right, yeah, to right. converse about arts and be, you know, it's not only just retail, but you're talking about other people's stories and you're hearing about, you know, I'm talking about my artist stories and I'm hearing about other people coming in and telling me about their stories. So it's very personal. And that, you know, we've worked around it, yeah. obviously, but that's that's something that it's kind of like when you've been injured and you're on crutches and you have to think about every step you have to take to get to the kitchen. To not have yeah. the mask on would be really that's lovely to have conversations with people again without that. I think that's something that I think that's a really good point, because so many of the you know, pop culture sort of references to what an art gallery is just showed sort of the blank room with like the art of, and they miss the whole point that right. so much of what we do is actually the social thing. Like right. that's most of what we are supposed to be doing anyway. Um, 
So you talked a little bit about, you know, looking forward and, and some things that are going on. So what exhibitions do you have coming up in the next couple months? So like, uh, April like is content about? context with uh, five artists, um, as I was speaking about earlier, and I'm, I'm very excited about it. And the, um, the current show will be coming down at the end of March. So this will be going up at the beginning of April and then May. We'll be doing our salon exhibition and that will mark our third year anniversary and stepping into our fourth year of business. Yeah, thank you. That's so um, exciting. Congratulations. So then the summer will be, you know, continue to focus on bringing diverse, the diverse arts to our visitors, our old and new visitors to Newport. Um, working. That's great. And and what would you say is, <clears throat> I guess is my last question. Um, and before I ask my last question, I would say this has been a fascinating conversation. I think um, I think that what you're doing in Newport, it's so fun to follow. You oh, have thank a fantastic you. Instagram, which is so fun to follow and and you're so active and I really enjoy and you and you handle. So well, and you're so great, if, like you know, know, at what you do. So, so thank you for everything that you do. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been I'm such really a fun excited. conversation. I really appreciate you being here. Um, what is, in closing, what is something in the coming months that you are looking forward to the most, mm. whether it's in your own art so practice, in the gallery? So I have a few things myself personally coming up that I've, uh, I have yet to be able to uh, announce. But opening both the doors to the gallery and just having new, fresh work up on the walls and on pedestals, floors, however it's going to be presented, just to have the doors open and to reconnect with new people, have those conversations and have our um, visitors that come, you know, they've been returning each year now because they say, well, we remembered you from last year or the year before and they're coming back. So continuing to build those relationships and um, maybe having bigger events, if we're allowed to and bringing in the music again would be so nice. Yeah. That would be a really exciting yeah, way to the go. little things. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. That's a good closing. It's the little things. That's so true. Thank um, you, Michael. Well, I'm going to thank you one more time, Sherry. I really appreciate it. I'm honored. I'm so honored. So thank you. Fun. Thank you for being my first guest. Have a good if you're interested in learning more about what Sherry's up to at Coastal Contemporary Gallery, I hope you'll visit their website at coastalcontemporarygallery.com or follow them on Instagram at Coastal Contemporary Gallery. If you're someone who's interested in being interviewed on this podcast, please feel free to shoot me an email through my website, www.michaelrosefineart.com, and I'd be happy to talk more to you. In the meantime, thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me again soon. Thank you for listening to Fine Art Insights with Michael Rose.